Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. Welcome to Catch the Moment Podcast. I'm your host, David Tyree. Thank you for coming back for another hot episode. Remember, check in with us every week, every platform. You can find us every Wednesday. The drops are coming, and we're going to keep getting you where you got to go on your journey. Catch the moment with your boy. So listen, I'm here, excited about my guest today. Why? He's in the family. And I'm not just talking about anybody family. I'm talking about the family of God. We're going to have a super dope dialogue with artist Celis Hamilton. Family, what's good? I'm chilling, man. Honored to be here with you, man. Listen, bro, I'm super excited to have you, man. Obviously, we got a mutual acquaintance with your family, yeah. Chad Kim. We're going to have him on, talk about his journey in the, in the music industry. But, man, I'm, I, I just love everything. I, listen, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just, just give you the sauce. You already know this is old news, but this is new news. If Jesus was a rapper, we're going to talk about this, this book. But man, tell me what's new, man. Before I get right into this, tell me what's new in your life, and then we're gonna unpack the story. Yeah, new season as a as a new dad. I got a one year old, <sighs> one year old this week. Um, you know, married for four years coming up. So beautiful, navigating family uh, and just all of that always being a learning process. And then sure. music and and now ministry at a church. So a lot of new things. Man, you locking in, man. So you kind of, you, you you walking into what I what I call the meat of maturity. Yeah. Right. Like when you start, you know, wife is the big one, right? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's that's the big one. Lock it down. Get some of that good loving. You know, conscious free. But, you know, being responsible for another individual and obviously the family. Yeah. Congratulations. You said a son? Yeah. A son is one year old. You got, you got your work in front of you. I got, I got four sons. Mm. <laughs> I, got, I got four <laughs> sons and three daughters. So, trust me, the love, the love is expanded around here, man. But, Yo, but, but congratulations on everything. Oh, bro, the joy of raising a family is, is one of the greatest commitments that you'll have. So, um, nah, man, super excited. I'm a, we're going to get into the journey. I'll, but I gotta. I always start every episode. I always like to know. Most people, obviously, they know me for a moment. So I got to get right to it, man. Where were you? I know you know when when you saw the helmet catch. What is your memory recollection? And if there's anything, what were your thoughts when you saw the helmet catch? Definitely Super Bowl party. A uh, lot of wings, and you know the whole spread. No doubt, wings uh, and things. Funny thing is, I was fasting, so I wasn't able to eat. Oh my uh, gosh, this dude is fasting on at a Super Bowl party. <laughs> Uh, which is usually like, you know what I'm saying? That's generally, that's always like tradition because that's how to, you know, start off. But, yeah. Um, yeah. And then I just think um, not only is, was it an insane moment, not only was it a moment that just I feel like nobody was expecting. Yeah. Um, but I just think, you know, the the catch like on your helmet, like it just, it was crazy, bro. Like. And yeah. were you in the A at the time, or were you were you already transitioning? Yeah, I was definitely in the A. I okay. was in the A still. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, anybody had the Patriots? Anybody had the Giants in the nah, room? Nah, nah, nah. So, people, nobody in my family. All my family is Chiefs fans. Okay, just because so they feeling themselves right now. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> nobody was, but nobody was a Patriots fan. That got it. Yeah, got it. So they was good. They was good with the upset. Yeah. So it was super crazy to see the win and just everything that happened and just the way that it happened was life-changing literally and still 
You know, there's never been a play better, and I don't think there will be. So respect, respect, yeah. my guy, respect. Yeah. So listen, I mean, like that's that's really what it's about. And obviously, you know, like I said, you kind of like I said, you're reaching that ripe ripe stage of of um, maturity. I was 28 years old. And at the time, I was my wife was actually pregnant with twins, so I call them my Super Bowl babies. We went to Super Bowl in February. My twins were born two and a half weeks later, wow. February twentieth. And um, like I said, it was it was it was it was it was a dope, surreal experience. But I love to hear, you know, whatever. Everybody usually has a recollection of the moment. Yeah, yeah. But um, even getting to you, like I said, you you, you stepped out and you've been in this in this space as a as an artist, even more so as a Christian artist. Which can be a little tricky, which we're gonna, you know, we're gonna dive into. But tell me, what would you call, at least at you know, at this stage of your career, experience, and your service, what what's been your defining moment? My defining moment, man. Um, I would probably say uh, getting to a place now where I'm I'm actually not focused on trying to prove that. I think I'm the best. Mm. Uh, so I'll say it's more so than a defining moment. It's like a journey, but I think it just happened. That's I think uh, I've been doing music since eight, eight years old. And so I always had this kind of like chip on my shoulder. Like they don't see how hard I've been working or how long I've been at it. And wow. I think the Lord has finally gotten me to a place where I'm fully understanding. Like it's not about what they see. It's about, you know, who I'm doing it for. So it's a defining mm. moment. In the journey. All right, bro. You just, you just, you just kind of buckled me. Eight years old. All right. So now we into this journey. <laughs> we yeah, see yeah. where this, where this starts. How does that happen? And like, you know, what, what was the influences where you actually, you know, kind of get in tune with your, with your rhythm and cadence at eight? Like, I, I don't know if my kids did anything meaningful at eight. <laughs> no. <laughs> now talk to me. My mom was a rapper. She was a rapper. She was doing her thing, touring. What? Writing lyrics in the crib, practicing the performance in the living room. And so that was that was my life growing up, seeing that, being inspired. Um, and then, you know, if I was, you know, blessed at the time, I'd get a chance to get on stage and be her hype man. And so just getting that oh, practice, getting them them repetitions in young, just kind of, it just came natural from, you know, all the exposure I was to early. Bad. Now, was it all, was your mom, like, okay, was she a, was she a mainstream artist? Like, so t talk to me about, you know, just how that evolved and, 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 and even before you get too deep into it, like what was, what was life like growing up that kind of set the cadence for, you know, cause you, 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 I, I saw that you actually, were, you're a Howard alum. Yeah. yeah. So I, I thought that was pretty profound, Edu you know, well-educated, amazing, uh, prestigious university. So what was the foundation like growing up, moms and artists, um, and maybe some of the inner workers that was laying a foundation for you as a young man? She, my mom actually got saved, so she started off mainstream, started okay. off doing, you know, secular, regular hip-hop. No doubt. Um, when she got saved, of course, her music started changing, her lyrics and everything. Um, I was blessed to grow up in a crib with two parents, so Excellent. both of them had music passion. My dad sung in the men's choir, okay. my mom rapping, so it was, you know, a nice blend of hip-hop, and then you got, like, the Isley Brothers and, like, yeah. smooth music like that from my dad's side. I'm the oldest of four. And you know it was a it was an athletic home. Like grew up playing football. Okay, receiver. Well, uh, okay, okay, let's you go. You know, so we in here, um, and you know, I played a little basketball, did boxing. So it was very like athletic upbringing, but music was always like just big. It was and, just and, and, just and present, present. Yeah, man, that's pretty. That's pretty dope. All right, so obviously, like I said, it's it's kind of 
Now, as parents, you know, was there ever like any struggles internally with, okay, whether it was academics, priorities, what was it like growing up? You know, and when you, when you grow up in this Christian household, everybody gets it, whether you're Christian or not, you don't have the same freedom and liberty yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, as your peers. So That's what was real. it like for you with those ambitions, carnal desires, youthful desires and all yeah, that, yeah. and then arriving to a place where you're, you're content with your journey? Yeah, so I think, you know, crazy thing. So rap was always like my past. Like I always was kind of able to walk into certain spaces because I could rap. Mm. So for me, you know, a lot of the, I always tried to hang with older kids. Like they was always the cool kids to me, like kids around. And so a lot of times they embraced me because they knew I could rap good. So I grew up in a Christian home, but I always tried to be street. Now, it wasn't me. Yeah. It wasn't really who I was. I had a dad at the crib who was always, you know, he was present. He was telling me, you know, yeah. how to be a man and was raising me right. But I was, I was attracted to, you know, just the foolishness the around culture, me, you know? the culture, yeah, what yeah. was going on. So the sad thing is, I think when you grow up in the church, sometimes you can learn how to hide it really well because you learn religion. You mm -hmm. learn a lot of the code. And so, you know, I, I grew up with a very good upbringing, a very good understanding of God. But I wasn't fully walking in it the way that I knew it to be true until Absolutely. college when I got on my own. And so there was always this this battle between walking with the Lord and then also still being, you know, worldly. Worldly. Yeah, yeah I got you. Now listen, this, this, trust me, that's going to be a fun conversation. So, you know, how now, I mean, it's got to be a good vibe. I think now in the last few years, was, I would call it a little bit of the revitalization and perception on HBCU yeah. for, for a myriad of reasons. You got sports, Dion down there, Jackson State. It, you, can, you, you can feel the energy. So tell me about your choice to go to Howard. What did you study? Yeah. And, you know, what's your, what's your takeaway? Like, you know, obviously you, you wrote a book, so it's, you're not just in one lane. So talk to me about, you know, your, your experience in evolving as, as, a, as a learner. You got the growth mindset. Talk to me. Yeah. I tell anybody, I tell anybody that, Howard was absolutely one of the best decisions I've made in my life. That's, you know, that's um, dope. I knew from the beginning I was going to go to HBCU. It's, it's like runs in my family. Okay. Um, and so my question was about which one. And so growing up in Atlanta, I took summer classes at Morehouse when I was in high school. Okay. So I already kind of knew that I probably didn't want to go to Morehouse because I knew it was going to be my chance to get a chance to get out of the city sure. and go somewhere else. But at the same time, I wanted to make sure I was kind of in a city. Mm. And a lot of the um, HBCUs are not really in big cities like that. So it was pretty much I was looking at like Xavier in New Orleans. Okay. But then I wasn't really feeling that. And then I knew like, yo, this is a cool opportunity to go up to the East Coast and kind of be in that region, which I was very unfamiliar with. And sure. so Howard was just like the perfect fit. And not only school wise, but like the relationships and sure. just the culture was incredible. What did you end up uh, getting your degree in? So I didn't even get my degree. Oh, okay, so you still got some work to do. <laughs> I got I got a year, but okay. um, oh, what happened? It, what happened was um, I did three years, going into my senior year, completely set on finishing. Um, tuition was going up twelve percent each year, and so uh, you know paying that out of pocket, doing your best, taking out loans and everything, um, it just was expensive. Yeah. But my thing is. I'm going into my senior year. Y'all might as well let me finish. Y'all going to bill me anyway. Yeah. The school pretty much going into my senior year was like, your bill is too high and we're not going to allow you to enter this year and, and get into classes without it. And so, you know, 
at that point I had accumulated an amount that I couldn't pay. And so to my discouragement, I, I had to go back home to Atlanta. And so yeah. I was in there studying journalism, communications. Um, and, you know, I left a year short. Hey, listen, man. So that's, that's the kind of adversity I'm talking about. So, you know, like when, I, when I'm thinking about, you know, how you arrive at a particular destination is usually built with experiences like that. So, you know, I'm, I'm imagining that's one of the experiences that you've had in, in, in your, you know, youthful maturing stage. But tell me, how did you handle that? That's, that's, a, that's a blow when you're committed yeah. to something that is, has a tremendous reward, even at the end of it, starting something, having a desire to finish. So how did you handle it? Um, you know, and what are those resources like for you? And as far as dealing with those kind of disappointments, yo, it was as you can imagine, I was destroyed. Mm. Like seeing all my friends that I plan to, you know, walk that stage with, yeah. uh, finishing, and me being in Atlanta, and you know, now social media was a thing, and so it's like I'm seeing, you yeah. know, I'm seeing everything they doing on campus, and it seemed kind of like. For a while, I was still getting the, the the messages, the updates, but eventually it seemed like everybody forgot about me and kind of started feeling like they were better than me because yeah. they still in school, I'm not. And I was in a dark place, man. I was in Atlanta. I was... Talk about it, bro. I, I was back, um, you know what I'm saying? I, I was kind of just working odd jobs, sure. doing little things in the mall, um, bouncing between. I, I did a lot. I, I did a lot of entrepreneurial things. I started selling insurance. Okay. Um, I started managing a shoe store. I started managing a hat store. I was doing a lot of things, but I didn't feel like I was walking in my purpose. And I always mm -hmm. knew music was what I was called to do. And so I just remember like I was making great money and I had a call with my dad and he was like, man, you, you'll have the rest of your life to work. He was like, but right now, while you don't have a wife and a family, this is the chance where you can take risk. And if you don't eat for a few days, it's only you not eating. Like you got a Woo! chance and an opportunity to trust God because in other seasons when you have responsibilities, you won't have this freedom to just take risk. Mm. And he told me that. And then similar to what I shared earlier, I started the year off with a fast. That was like a, a thing that always I would like to start my years off trying to hear what the Lord was saying. And in that fast, the Lord told me move to New York. Man, how old were you at the time? I was probably about 22. I was 22. Woo! Man, my dog is locked in, man. Listen, man, I always, I, I'm a big, I admire people who walk out their 20s with some kind of intention. Because, you know, like I said, I'm definitely from a different era. Man, we, we, I felt like almost wasted my 20s. Now, I'm, I'm in the NFL, don't get me wrong, like, and, and by God's grace. But as far as being a habitual learner, you know, when you talk about, even something as simple as heeding and honoring the words of your father, like just having yeah. an ear to hear and being intentional about, you know what, I do have a purpose. You know what, this didn't work out, but finding that way, man, that's, that's really, that's, that's a whole bar experience for any young person because most people waste their 20s trying to have a good time. For real. You know, so, so you hear from God, 22 years old, and you, you leap into New York City. Yeah, I bought a one-way, one-way flight to New York. And uh, yeah, my, shout out to my cousin Chad, man. Chad. Uh, so so Chad, he held you down and kind of. Chad held me down. He was the only person I knew in New York. He was the only person I knew. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was like, yo, you can, you can crash here on my couch for six months. Boom. And um, I was staying on his couch in the South Bronx. And during that time, I started rapping on the subways. Okay. And so I get on the train because I didn't have any money. I got there. 
real quick to New York, spent the last bit of money that I brought there on sneakers and trying to be fly in the city. <laughs> no doubt. And didn't got, really, didn't really make a plan. Got to, you know, you want to, you want to look like a rapper, you in New York, you can get any kind of sneaker you want. So <laughs> I'm, I'm absorbed with the culture and the access and ended up life got real. And Ooh. I remember like I'm living off dollar slices of pizza and you know, the, the, the dollar patalitos every day. And one day I got on a train and I seen a, a young dude selling candy. And I was like, man, what do I have? Mm. I was like, what do I have that's going to help me get off this couch? Because my time is dwindling down and I want to be a man of my word. Yeah. And I got on the train and started rapping and took my hat out. People started dropping donations in. And I started realizing, like, I'm going to use this gift not only to survive, but I'm going to also use this as a way to market. And so I got some business cards printed. Oh. And I would rap, pass out business cards, and put my hat out, and people would drop donations, and that's how I started paying rent. Boom. Faith without works is dead. And you know what? I really appreciate that because you actually said I, I wanted to honor my word. I wanted to respect, you know, what somebody created an opportunity for me, and I wanted to respect that. I mean, like, it doesn't always work, you know, you know exactly the way we plan things right yeah but you had the awareness and the consideration of others which i'm gonna be honest with you most people don't walk in that kind of consideration and actually speaks to integrity super valuable man so bro you 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 get right into the you know you know if you can make it here you can make it anywhere <laughs> new sure. york oh, city yeah. vibes yeah bro you got the, the fast pass dollar slice you got the the, the new york city um, starter kit real quick <laughs> yeah real quick had to real quick but but bro so so that obviously begins to lay the foundation for you and obviously now at that time was everything I don't want to say clean I mean like there, there's a there's a beautiful thing about being an artist where when you're passionate about music you know is 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 music now you know at the end of the day you got to be good at it and talented at it so tell me your perspective as that being okay I'm a Christian artist and but I'm an artist. Yeah. Right. And and then the fact that, you know, I kind of I delineate being a rapper from hip hop. So let's get into some of this conversation yeah, right yeah, here. Yeah. Right. So talk to me about these dynamics as you're a young man. You are Christian. But, you know, like I said, rap in the hip hop world. Everybody gets generally maybe not the audience, but we're going to educate them on some of the some of the challenges walking that tightrope. Absolutely. So. Um, yeah, like there's this perception in hip hop where, um, people don't want you to really, you know, be explicit about your beliefs, even if you, and it's weird cause it's even in Christian rap, like people don't want you to be explicit about you believing in Jesus. And I feel like there's nuance because I can be explicit and I can also be a student of the culture. So because hip hop is about how you, how you put your words together um, what I've learned is a lot of people who don't want you to be explicit, they're used to people who only know how to speak without making it sound smooth. And I'm like, I also am a student of hip hop, but I'm a believer who's not ashamed. Mm -hmm. So I know how to, I know how to give you the story about, you know, the fish and the loaves, but put some sauce on that joint and make <laughs> it feel like, yo, he really, a he, he, an MC as well. And so I feel like one thing that's important to me is always understanding that, we don't have to doctor up the gospel to make it attractive. It's attractive by itself. Boom. But also we're called to a level of excellence in our craft. And so one thing that I feel like separates me from a lot of artists is I don't 
feel like we should let it pass on certain things just because people's heart is good. Yeah. If the art is not good, it's not good. And it's, so I stand on trying to make great art while still staying true to what I believe. Well, that's a beautiful thing. I'm going to tell you what. I got, I got born again in 04, and that was when Christian rap or, you know, they were calling it holy hip-hop. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start the conversation because I don't know how, what, your, what, your, what your views are in this. You know, I've kind of done some of the research. I don't know if, you, if you've ever heard of the True Behind Hip Hop series. Yeah. And, you know, so it creates this conversation around the fact that hip hop is not only a culture, but it's also a religion. I mean, like, you know, it's a, it has its own Bible. It has its own spiritual beliefs. So hip hop, I actually separate from rap. Mm. So, you know, it's actually a little dangerous because if you have allegiance to hip hop, mm then what, are your, what is your allegiance to, to Christ, right? Yeah, yeah. So I look at rap as a form, like rap, R&B, jazz. Yeah. These are all genres and art forms. Yeah. Whereas hip-hop is a culture and a religion, mm. depending on how great someone's affections are for it. So it gets kind of complicated. I don't know if you've considered that, but in light of what you, you know, even what you shared do you see the tightrope? Do you see the potential traps in your in your pursuit as an artist? Yo, I um so this is these conversations are super interesting to me because for me, hip hop and rap in the way that I think about it, hip hop is the culture, rap is the art form. Understanding that as as what you said, um, there is a lot of there is definitely a lot of like things that come with people when they say, yo, I'm hip hop. Mm -hmm. And from my perspective of saying I'm hip hop is from the perspective of I'm using this art form, this rap art form, which I think is very similar to the way Jesus communicated with parables to actually take relevant truths in our culture and give people the secrets of the kingdom through them. So for me, it's really a it's really an art form of the way that I'm giving people the knowledge that Jesus is, is truly the son of God. Yeah, that Jesus is God. Um, and for me, it's it's really about the art form. But there are definitely people who dibble and dabble with the oh. full, yo, I'm putting this on. This is my whole persona and all that. For me, I, don't, I could care less about that. They can keep all that. I'm all about the using the art form, putting the words together. Because rap started off as a cold language in the South Bronx. It was a sure. way for people to talk about what was going on in the streets in the hood in a way that if you didn't understand what was going on in the streets, when you heard the music, you might just think it's a party record, but we actually talking about police brutality. We talking about the person on the corner. Like, uh, and so for me, that same code is the brilliant tool that I use to let people know the gospel. Yeah. So for me, it's the tool. Okay, I got you. I, I hear you. Like I said, I, I, I look at it as I looked at it. I've, I've listened to those teachings. I've listened to them and. And I'm like, well, you know, at the end of the day, when you look at everything starts with origin, right? Like, and I think that's the, that's what you have to, if, if I'm going to remain in the truth in any way, like yeah. as a son of God, before I, before I do anything, before I claim to be an athlete, artist, whatever, yeah. once I come into Christ, I'm in Christ. Yeah. And that's, that's what's at stake. I don't want to say to lose, meaning like, but if I walk away from this by means of deception or by intention, I got I to gotta declare my allegiance. So yeah. the challenge for me has always been in that word hip hop, understanding that the people who originated it or exacerbated it and propelled it, they put spiritual connotations and things of that nature that mm. were contrary to Christ. Mm. And rap is just, like I said, it's an art form where it's cadence. Doesn't bother, doesn't bother me as much. Yeah. So 
for me, I'm, I'm actually looking for language. And I remember Lecrae was, you know, he's, he's obviously the big pioneer in the space. Yeah. And I enjoyed his music. I had a lot of his music, um, you know, in, in, in the early 2000s, whatever. And he made this statement. He says, I'm 100% Christian and I'm 100% hip hop. Hmm. And man, it pierced my spirit, bro. Broke me. Because I'm like, number one, that's a completely false statement mathematically. <laughs> you can't be 100% two things. So you're already double-minded. And that means that there's some instability. So um, I want to, you know, I want to get your, even, even your thoughts on that statement. And am I crazy? Like, because I, I know I'm Christian. Somebody might call me too judgmental. They might call me religious for Word. deducting that. Word. But is that, does that ha have any resonance with you? Not only do I agree with you in the standpoint of that hip hop is a culture and that rap is the art form. Um, I also do understand how uh, people can identify with saying that they're a student of hip hop or that they are hip hop. Same yeah. way that I said it even in this interview. Sure. And that I, I believe that because I think um, for me, you know, I think a lot of times people get into semantics. I think people get into the wording that, for them in their mindset is hip hop and rap communicate the same thing. You know, I think yeah. specifically, um, you know, understanding how you look at it differently. Sure. I would under, it would make me in communicating with you, making a clear distinguishment that making a clear distinguishment that anything that is hip hop, that isn't, that doesn't leave, leave room for Jesus and exactly what he says we are to be as his followers. Sure. Then, that's a part of hip hop that obviously, you know, You're clearly parting with clearly parting with. Um, but I think that when I think about hip hop, for me, the things that I think about are fashion, style of communication, any like, you know, maybe the way that you walk. Like, I feel like that is when I think about hip hop, that's what I'm talking about. The way we dress, the way mm -hmm. we talk, the accents, sure. the hats, all that. So I can definitely understand, you know, how Christian rappers will say, yo, I'm hip-hop, because I say that, and that's yeah. what I mean. When I say I'm hip-hop, I mean I'm the, I grew up on the fashion. I grew yeah. up with the talk. I grew up, you know, with the videos and everything. And as I've gotten more into, like, my faith, it always forces me to actually draw that line in the sand of actually where does the things that the culture fed us and taught us actually, um, you know, where do we make the distinguishment? And I think that's where my music and the way I do Christian rap differentiates from a lot that's out there boom 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 okay i like that yeah like i said for me you know what i'll, I'll say this when when i when i and just just so we move on because i think it's, it's really valid when you talk about at the end of the day we gotta sever ties if we're devoted to christ at the places where the things we know are unpleasing or would right or would basically violate this, this relationship, this sacred relationship that he's allowed us to enter into by his grace alone. But what I'm really considering that is the idea that is, do we, if, if, if hip hop is a registered religion, which we, that's actually factual, hip hop as the religion, can you put holy in front of it? Can you put, because no one is saying I'm a holy Buddhist. No one's saying I'm a holy Muslim. Mm. And, and meaning like, Oh, you know what? I used to identify as Muslim, but I like the way Muslims look. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's the part where I think it's that, that's like, hey, man, let's make sure that we're on the right side of righteousness. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, I, and I say it because I actually believe it's achievable. I mean, I think you genuinely can be an artist, and you really have to be aware of what our 
affections and our affiliations are in light of all those things within hip hop culture. So, so that, that's, that's dope, man. So tell me about in light of, you know, that kind of clarity, who are some of your, you know, major influences as artists themselves and people that whether you've learned from emulated or, you know, whether they were in Christ or not. Yeah. So absolutely the artist that without a doubt has had the most influence on me for sure. Kanye West. Okay. Um, Kanye. Um, and I think just also like with my family, you know, my mom is from Chicago. And so like Chicago is huge in the influence of the music. And so, you know, I was a huge Lupe fan. Uh, still yeah. am like as far as Bro, like I actually was on the um, Ellen show with Lupe word yeah that's crazy yeah that's crazy that's man. bananas I mean of all of all artists yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah talk about it he's a wordsmith and so okay. I think growing up I remember writing Lupe lyrics down and watching the way that he told stories and how he painted pictures with his words and so it gave me like a standard of measuring rap lyrics based off of how well the picture's painted. Sure. So growing up in that, I was able to kind of even start grading my own lyrics in a way where it was like, I rap things for people and say, what do you see? Mm. And ask them what they saw. And if they couldn't tell it to me exactly the way that I said, I saw it in my mind, then that means I didn't communicate it clear enough. Mm. And so I started training myself as a rapper, basically like my way of writing is to paint a picture without a canvas. And so if I can't make you see all the colors and styles and everything that it is, then I haven't done my job because I feel like that's what Lupe's gift was as a writer. And so I studied him and, um, you know, I feel like that's been part of how a lot of people, when they compliment the writing, it comes from that. That's, that's fire, bro. So now you talk about the mastery of the craft, right? Because a lot of times when, when you're in spaces like, you know, as an artist, there's so many different ways to, to, to formulate your inspiration. I'm assuming your inspiration is Christ, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. But ultimately, the process. So, you know, talk to me about a little more about, because when it comes to mastery, it's that whole idea. Like, when, when somebody watches a game, they're kind of rejoicing. Their favorite player made a dope catch. But it's really the practice. It's the tape. Yeah. It's the review of the tape. It's the detail. It's the study of, of you know, little, little to an inch to the left here. What does that look like for you in your process? So I, um, I, I give myself a lot of challenges. Uh, one of the things that I do is I give myself words at times that I can't use. Like, if I recognize they're, like, words that I lean on heavily as filler words. Mm. I try to challenge myself to not use the same words. So I you treat yourself like almost like a, like a public speaker. Like, oh, you know? no, it's, it's, it's real serious. And then also, um, I try to hang with rappers that I think are better than me, you know, cause I feel like you want to be, you want to be with people that inspire you. And I love, I love words. And so a lot of my, uh, a lot of my inspiration lately has been like Christian poets because for me, Fire. they really paint pictures. Like they really do it. And I'm just doing it with a beat. They're doing mm -hmm. it a lot of times acapella. And so when I hear somebody, you know, take a story about an airplane and give me the gospel through it, telling, talking about a whole situation with a stewardess and them in their seat, I'm like, yo, I have the ability to do that for somebody else. Sure. And, so I do a lot of I do a lot of writing challenges for myself and with artists that I love. That's fantastic. That's fa oh. bro. You, you got a lot of substance. So because like I said, I'm big in the words. I think one of the biggest challenges even in our culture today is that 
you know, the, the, the world is trying to reshape words and their meaning. Mm. And, uh, you know, words can have meanings, right? It's like the, the, the super controversial N-word, right? Mm. Um, when we say it, it's endearment. Others say it, it's the most offensive term, right? Mm. Um, and not, not that I embrace it as this massive term of endearment. It's just a norm. So, so let's, let's get into this other part of your, because you didn't waste the journalism communications experience at Howard, even though I'm, de I'm decreeing that you're going to finish. You know, For God's sure. going to pave that way to finish. Yeah. Talk to me about how you got into the, the actual writing element and what that process was like for you? Was it a challenge? And what what are, what are what are people going to discover when they read if Jesus was a rapper? This book is something that I feel like the Lord has been writing in me uh, for a decade. Mm. Um, you know, I shared that I've been an artist since I was eight years old. But there's a lot of things that I've learned in the music industry um, that have challenged my faith, but that have deeply let me draw a line in the sand as far as where in the industry. Um, do I not want to be, you know, I've been in, I've worked for record labels. I've worked for radio stations. I've worked in the recording studio. I've recorded some of the most popular artists. I've, you know, I've done all, I've been in those spaces. And so sure. I've seen the business side of it. I've been in the, the board meetings where they've tried to tell me, make it positive. Don't say Jesus so much. I've, I've seen how it happens. I've seen how artists sell out. I've been in rooms with artists who've sold out. I've sure. been friends with artists who took the check and now they're not with me. Like I've, so this book is a little bit of my journey as an artist, but then also understanding how when I read the Bible and when I really see the way that Jesus shared his word, um, I understand that he understood something powerful about how the word needs to be something that people can understand. Mm -hmm. And, but the responsibility is for them to dig, to find the truth in the word for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus communicated differently depending on who he was talking to. And so whether ah. it was a parable or whether it was sp speaking plainly to his disciples behind closed doors, the challenge was if you really want to understand what I'm saying, you have to do the work. And so it's also given me a, a mindset of not everybody's going to receive my music. Not everybody's going to receive my message. Boom. And as long as I'm putting God's word in my music and communicating the truth of who he is through my music, the people who really want to discover Jesus and want to hear about what the music is saying will find it and leave it at that. Bro, this, that's, this is a beautiful bar. I was actually thinking about this this morning because, you know, this word relevance is, is like, you know, beaming all the way, not just through our culture, but especially, I think, um, for, some, for the person of influence, especially in the faith, we, we could easily constantly find ourselves fighting for relevance. Mm. So, you know, and you're sharing this in the context of Christ and his, his message. I, I, got a, I got a quick bar for you in a second I want to leave you with. But... You know, we're constantly having this internal struggle with is our message, is our life, is our platform, is it is irrelevant? And the parables actually, you know, reveal something like obviously he spoke in those parables and I think it was dynamic, but he actually says, I speak to them um, in parables so that they don't understand. Exactly. So people actually miss this because we, we mystified the, the glory of the parables because he's speaking to the masses. He said, I speak to them so they don't understand, but the message was there, mm -hmm. right? So just as you said, 
the message is always relevant for who it's relevant for. Yeah. Every so, and I think that's really powerful in our. And that's this is for anybody. I mean, like a lot of times, well, you know, you're fighting for likes and and for greater reach on your reels and your posts. I I, I know it internally, right? Yeah, None yeah. of us want to waste a post. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and and we get in that, but the message is always for who it's intended for, whether we're speaking to to the masses. Or whether we're speaking to the committed ones. Yeah. Right? Because that's when he says, I speak plainly to you primarily because they're committed. So, you know, I think I think it's a real powerful, powerful um understanding. And that's what that's what we're, that's what the audience, we're gonna get we're gonna get some of these gems when we check into this. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. so that's what I'm so tell me, like I said, I I'm looking at you, like I said, you just reached that nice ripe age of 30 where I'm like, oh yeah, 30's where it gets fun. <laughs> so um, tell me just a little bit more about, you know, the, the excitement, anticipation, you're raising a family, you're married. Tell me about your, your, your relationship and, and really what you value the most at this stage in this journey moving forward. What I'm learning and valuing the most is that marriage is my first ministry. You know, my family is my first ministry. Um, and so, you know, earlier this year, I, I went on a tour and you know, it was it was a terrible experience mm. because the tour had become more important than my family. I was so ambitious and focusing on my goals and the yeah. cities and the crowds and everything that I was dragging my wife and my son along without considering them, without sharing the vision that God gave me with them and allowing her the space to speak into it. And ultimately, God shut the tour down. And mm. had to have me have some really difficult conversations with my wife and my mentors and other men that I have in my life, keeping me accountable. And it was just like God was teaching me a lesson that when I went back, he took me back to my journal um, in, my, in my prayer time, my journal, the things that the Lord is saying to me. Nice. And he took me back to a, a space where as he was giving me the tour and I was planning for it, he clearly had me write down, if your home is not in order, I will shut this down. Bam. It was written right there. But this was two months after the tour had been shut down. I'm still grieving, feeling like a failure, feeling like I've let my fans down, feeling like I don't know what God is saying. Yeah. And he reminded me. And it was in that season where I had to go and repent to my wife and I had to go share with her. I'm sorry that I took this vision that, yes, God gave me, but I, I didn't allow you to speak into it. I was so focused on my goals. I didn't consider you. I didn't even think that we were on the same team because of the way that I thought as you being an obstacle to my mission. Mm. And there were so many things that, you know, were a really hard lesson for me. Yeah. Um, and so marriage has just been a great teacher to mm. remind me that um, my wife sees a lot of the things that, you know, I can't see. We, right. we, when we walk in a room, you know, I can see everyone in the room but myself. Mm. And, uh, and and I have a, a beautiful wife who who sees me up close. She sees... Uh, me and you know as I'm working to be vulnerable and allowing her to see me deeply yeah uh, and holy and 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 naked and unashamed as Genesis 3 says Come on, bro um you know it's a beautiful thing so yeah marriage is teaching me a lot man bro it's, it's making me a better rapper yeah. yeah listen more importantly a better man a better son to God yeah you know well, you know some of the things that I that, that I've heard Talk about sellers, you know, you talked about fasting. These are committed disciplines, you know, and the fasting is just, you know, like a lot of times people, 
now the world is kind of fasting, right? So it's, it's, it's a normal conversation, yeah, whether it's yeah. intermittent. But of course, we do it with different motives and intentions to, of course, draw near to God. But also we get the benefits of it as well. You talked about prayer. You talked about your journal. Yeah. Um, you, you talked about some really healthy habits that will help us have the clarity and peace of mind. And sometimes, you know, in a Christian community, folks get so aloof and we, 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 we actually miss out on the disciplines but we expect to be disciples. Mm. And so, you know, I just want to salute you as a young man. Number one, what you just talked about and, and, and recognizing the sacredness of, of marriage, it's, it's like, it's, it's one of the biggest misses that I find in people's, is, in people's life. We have a saying in, in, our, in our community in our, and we say, well, listen, you know, if whatever, whatever issue that we have in our marriage is the same issue that we had before God. Because, there's no different requirement in our marriages than being a Christian every day before God. Mm. So it's like whatever conflict that we have in our marriages, everywhere I go, there I am. So if it's a, you know, if it's a, if it's a pride issue, if it's a contention, if it's whatever, whatever it is, if you got jealousy, that's the same heart that you're taking to God. And sometimes we, you know, we act like, you know, it's just our spouses. Yeah. Right? You know? yeah. And, and so it's a, it's a very simple remedy when you're like, man, this is just who I am. And I need God to change me. So um, super, super dope. Um, you know, just what you're, what you're talking about is life-changing. And if every human being would actually, you know, honor the relationships in their life in a way where they're most cared for and considered, and we're going to optimize every area of function, even outside of our home, right? Yeah. So, you know, you talk about the best rapper. That's that's just the work side, right? Yeah, like, yeah. that's when we go to work. We have some purpose. It gives us some fulfillment as men. Um, so, what do you, you know? And, and this is this is kind of close to a to a to a close. What are you most excited about? And you've kind of alluded to it, but you know, the book was the book has been done over this past year. Um, is there new music in, in light of even this recent revelation? What are you most excited about? As you, you know, you actually this. You, you kind of you talked about the you know you taking this, the stand as the minister. You you're, yeah. you're you're proclaiming more. So so what? But what are you most excited about for your future and where you see God moving? So um, I I've, I'm surrendering to the Lord to step into uh, traditional ministry. Um, and as I'm still praying and, and finding out exactly what that looks like, you know, on a practical sense, where the music fits in with that, um, I, I just want to be obedient in this, in this, yeah. in this. And so I know that he's calling me, um, to preach the gospel. Sure. And, um, I know that me being an artist has been so deep in the way that I've been able to process God's word mm -hmm. for me, you know, reading the word and then being able to write it. They say you don't know something until you can teach it. And so for me, reading the word and being able to write it in a song has been the way that I've actually let it get into my heart deeply. But Got I'm it. in a season where um, after doing that, you know, for so many years. 22 uh, years. Yeah. After doing that for 22 yeah. years, I know that the Lord is calling me now to proclaim God's word in a different way. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a uncomfortable straight, narrow way, straight, narrow way. Um, Can't put too much fluff on it. Yeah. Gotta <laughs> just share, just share. And, and I've uniquely been doing that, you know, Excellent. New York rapping on the trains. 
um, has now got me where you could find me in Harlem, you know, standing on the corner like street preaching. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You can find me in my church, you know, giving a, a sermon as as my pastor is is, you know, slowly giving me more and more opportunity to speak because he's also received, you know, the confirmation that the Lord is calling me to preach. And so I'm just trying to step into this new season faithfully. I'm Excellent. trying to pray and not rush, but, yeah. uh, you know, see what God is saying. And I'm super excited about everything that's on the horizon for you. Like I said, I think what's, what's, what's the biggest note to me is the consideration that you have for your God and the things that he's entrusted with you. And, you know, like I said, the first thing I think that we find, you know, we, as young men, especially as, as young men, you know, one of the most valuable things that we can find is a sense of purpose. Mm. And when you can grab hold of I'm good at something younger, the better it is for a man. Mm. You know, so, you know, everybody out there looking to find their thing, you know, just just stay in the lab. You know, of course, if you if you are a Christian, trust God. Wherever you're at in your life, trust something that has tremendous integrity or virtue. I'm speaking to everybody. But you, 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 you found that. But like I said, you anchored yourself with discipline. You have a tremendous, um, you know, view and understanding of what's most valuable. And I call them sacred things, man. Yeah. Like, I'm a, I'm a sacred man. Like, my wife, she, she listen, this, this marriage is 18 years strong, seven children, and we're going to continue. And it's going, you know, just like Christ has kept my fire, all the things that God has given me. We're going to keep fire. So, man, I, I'm, I'm really just excited about everything that's um, on the horizon for you. You're right here in, in the city, so this ain't going to be the last, man. We're going yeah. to hear more. But I want to appreciate you for checking in with me on Catch the Moment, my guy. Um, hey, listen, this was, this. trust me, I, I don't want to, you know, you see me, I'm hesitant because I don't even want to stop. Me and my boy, we vibing. But, you know, each week we're bringing you a tremendous diversity of tremendous conversations, experiences. So I hope everybody was blessed by Celis. This dude is on fire as an artist. So make sure you check him out. Give me the splash on the website. And, you know, send, send, send. come on, give me something for, for, right, for our close up, bro. Got you. Y'all can check me out everywhere online at CellisHamilton.com and all social media at CellisHamilton, C-E-L-L-U-S Hamilton. Bro, my dude got the fire. He's the real thing. He has all the substance that you're looking for. But even more, he just caught the moment. His life is an absolute vibe. Why? Because he's trusting God with all things. So I want to bless you this day. I want you to make sure you catch your moment. Take those disciplines that my man Celis was laying down. Have some consideration. Allow God to navigate these, these, these tough spaces in your life and be open to growth. Be open to the idea that, you know what, I haven't figured all things out and there's a lot more in front of your future. So I thank you for checking in with Catch the Moment Podcast. We will see you next week.